Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Slow Your Roll. It is May 17th. On a Tuesday, we are doing the show today. Very early in the morning for us as well. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I'm awake and ready to go. I don't know about Jesse Caulfield over here, writer for the Yaki Way Report. Lots to cover today. Celtics are moving on. Am I about to jump on the hype train? I don't know. Depends on like how far we have to go on the hype train. I, I, I don't know. I did say whoever was winning that series, I think, is winning the Eastern Conference. So I'm staying with that. Uh, Bruins eliminated, though. Boston couldn't win both games. Sevens. Also, we'll talk about the rest of the NBA playoffs. The, seven, uh, the 76ers. James Harden, a dud once again in the playoffs. Golden State moving on to face the Mavericks after their shellacking of Phoenix. Jesse, I know you're going to talk some other NHL playoffs. We'll talk those socks. I know a lot of people are giving up. I have some thoughts about what to expect over the next three weeks before I'm officially jumping ship with the Red Sox. And yeah, pretty much all that. As I mentioned on this edition of Slow Your Roll, a very good Darwin Award, especially for you, Jesse, to talk about. But anyway, Mm, mm. with that, I'm going to turn it over to you to start the show. Oh, thank you. Get us started. Thanks. Well, as we've talked about, it's playoff time. Yes. Both NBA and NHL right now. And I, I'm i just once again, I'll, I mean, the, the Bruins ruined it a little bit, but I'm so giddy this time of year because some of the, this is some of the best time for sports. Baseball has started. We have NBA and NHL playoffs. But the best playoffs is clearly NHL playoffs. And we have still round one just ended. Round two starts today. And we got already seven out of eight great series. You know, the the avalanche kind of rolled over the Predators. We don't count that one, but whatever. That always happens. I mean, you knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, But, like, we got five game sevens. Five game sevens. And they were all pretty good games, except the Bruins game is close. But, like, if you watched, it wasn't that close. We got two overtimes. We got to see one of the great uh, playoff performances out of Jake Ottinger for the uh, Stars. It didn't work out. Um, uh, did you watch that game at all? Went late into the night. No, the- I did not watch that one. <clears throat> I've watched. I've watched the other games, but I did not watch. I didn't watch any of the Stars. Yeah, that was an incredible game seven because it was all flames all game long, and yet the Stars. Almost won. I really wish they would have won because I would have ruined the Battle of Alberta that we're going to get, and I would have loved to see both of those Alberta teams lose. I did pick the Kings to win against the Oilers. I was wrong about that one. I was right about six out of eight. I feel pretty good about that. Mm. Uh, I missed the other Western Conference series in the Blues and Wild. I picked the Wild, but like in hindsight, I guess uh, the Blues did have their number. But, oh, it was still a great series. Mm. And, like, oh, we got to see the Toronto lose again. But this is why I love NHL playoffs. It could have gone pretty much every either way for all the series except the Colorado one. But whatever, that one was kind of boring. But, like, the President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers uh, were in trouble for a little bit. Now they they turned it around, and they're doing pretty good. Now we got a battle for Florida. People were like, oh, we'd rather the Capitals and Toronto. Those have better fans. Shut the hell up. Like, we got to watch two the, the two better teams are going to play off against each other in Florida. It'll be great. Um, we got to see the Penguins choke. That was hilarious. Those were some incredible games played by the Rangers to come back. They came back in three straight games to avoid elimination. Um, you know, I talked about the Stars a little bit. Stars had no business going game seven, but Jake Ottinger, the goalie, said, I'm going to put this team on my back, and he almost did it. He almost willed them to a second round by himself, despite the fact that team had no offense whatsoever. But also Calgary, they just they always just choke. Um, so I actually, if I, I'm going to pick my second round predictions too. I think the Oilers are going to beat Calgary, despite the fact that I had Calgary going far originally. But after watching that first round, Connor McDavid, McJesus, also willing his team to a second round because the Edmonton Oilers almost did what they always do and just choke it away. Uh, but Connor McDavid just totally took over Game 7. It was amazing. Uh, 
So that's why, like, this is just so much better. You never really know what you're going to get. I did pretty well with my predictions, but it did not go how I thought it would. Pretty much any of the series, except Colorado. Um, and sort of the Bruins series. I mean, it, I'm surprised it went seven. But if you watch the series, like, there was one team that was clearly better than the other. Um, <clears throat> but, like, if you look at, like, the NBA right now, if you compare it to the NBA, like, I don't know. Went pretty much how we expected to this point. Oh, you got one versus two in the East. I know it's three versus four in the West, but it's Golden State, who like who's shocked that they're here. I don't think anyone is shocked. No. Uh, maybe some people were shocked. I think the, maybe at the beginning of the year, people might be shocked that they're here, but maybe. But like, I'm not that shocked. Uh, that wait, wait, wait. Dallas over Phoenix is a little bit of a shocker. I don't think so because, <clears throat> as we discussed before, though, Chris Paul is on Phoenix, so I didn't really think they were going to do much of anything anyway. They just made a championship the year. Anyway, go back to hockey. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, basketball is, like, so pretty predictable. Like, it's going to be Golden State. And, like, the East is a little more up for grabs, but still it's one of the three obvious teams that were going to be there. You know, if it was the Bucks, I wouldn't be that surprised, but they were still they were the third-ranked team. So, yeah. uh, But also, like, football playoffs is so pretty predictable. Oh, the L.A. Rams that were on paper head and shoulders above everybody won the Super Bowl. Wow, that's exciting and predictable. Yay, great. Um, and then baseball is a little less predictable because of how day-to-day, like you have always different starting pitchers and stuff like that. So that some guys are hot, some aren't. Yeah, so that can make it go different ways. But generally, it is the better teams winning. And I know, like, you know, if you if you looked at this um, year's NHL playoffs, Three, actually, no, all four number ones made it, and then two number twos made it, and then the uh, other was the number threes were the upsets, the blues and the the lightning. But were the lightning really an upset? No, as the number three over the number two. No, no. So like, it was a little predictable this year, but how we got there was so incredibly wild uh, that it's just like, oh my god, I love NHL playoffs. It's so much better. Than your playoffs, your other <laughs> stupid leagues. Like, get on their level. Get on, get with this intensity. I will. Even s- the game sevens in those NBA playoffs, like, sure, those series were pretty good, especially the Celtics and Bucks series. That was six great games and then a blowout in game seven. Uh, and yeah, then the game you, sevens were not yeah, good. Ass. Absolute ass. I you, mean, the Mavs yeah. one was like kind of funny, though. Like, uh, it was I mean, entertaining. A little, I guess. Dude, you've been down 40 points at half at home. But, like, of those five game sevens for the NHL, four were decided by one goal. Two were decided in overtime. And that one that was not decided by one goal was a 2 nothing victory where the whole game was close. Yeah. And it was just Connor McDavid willing. I mean, he, Jonathan Quick almost stole that game. Too bad L.A. couldn't score at all. Yeah. I will say this. I mean, listen, I don't watch a ton of hockey during the regular <clears throat> season, but I have always watched NHL playoffs because hockey playoffs – is pretty unique and unlike anything else, especially in overtime when one goal is going to win it all. Yeah. The only thing I can compare it to, and you're going to laugh because I'm not comparing the entire game, I'm comparing moments. The anticipation in baseball playoffs is pretty big. Like when once you get to those moments, you know what I mean? Late I, in a game, second and third, one out, and you're just like dying on every pitch, just like... Oh, yeah, oh, like I'm just cringing right now. Like, what is going to happen? But that's, that's a different type of intensity. No, it is. It is. I'm just saying that's the only thing I'm going to compare to the NHL playoffs. It is I, to me, it's better than football playoffs. Football playoffs, as you said, especially the playoffs themselves are usually pretty predictable. And I don't know the flow of a game is just it's not it's not as much of an experience to me the same way that a hockey game can be or yeah. those moments of a playoff baseball game where you're just like. Football is just so much, per- I don't know, it's more perpetually in motion without the sudden stop that hockey is going to have when you have a goal and the, oh my gosh, maybe that goal is going to win the whole game. Not that football playoffs isn't amazing, because it is, but you know what I mean? It's just different. It's not the same like gut-wrenching experience for as long yeah. as an NHL playoff game is to watch <laughs> or how long those big moments can take in a baseball playoff. Yeah, and, and NHL playoffs now like are probably like the only sport left because of like you know a lot of it's because everyone knows each other now. Like, there's not really any rivalries much anymore. Mm-hmm. In like, 
basketball and football and even baseball that much anymore. But like hockey, like I'm sure it's, it's the same thing. They all know each other and they're all really friends in the off season. But like if you watch all the series, like they're all trying to just beat each other up. Mm-hmm. After like the play ends, there's all these scrums and stuff like that. So like they're really they they really can build up rivalries in ways the other sports cannot in the playoffs. And then I love at the end like the sportsmanship. They all after beating each other up and hating each other for four to seven games after it's over, no matter what, you all go to center ice and you all shake hands and you all say good game. And I wish more sports would actually do that. Mm. You don't have to do it after every game. But, like, when the series ends, I don't know, just to – and, like, I'm, they do it in basketball, not as organized. They're all just like, oh, hey, good series and whatnot. But, like, I love that, that after you tried to kick the ever-living crap out of your opponent – and you gain some real hate for them, even if like you're bitter and you lost, you're gonna go to center ice, and you're gonna shake their hand. Mm, you're, gonna be an, you. you're gonna be an adult. <clears throat> I getcha, I getcha. All right, I think we're good. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right, so moving on guys to rapid fire news. By the way, some good news for the Sox, four and two since we last did the show. They split two with Atlanta, and then they took two or three from Texas, and one last night against Houston. Six to three. So maybe, maybe the Sox are starting to turn it around. Just maybe. Um, I mean, you pretty went, much went through all the NHL playoffs. So I'll just do the NBA playoffs. Celtics taking down the Bucks 108 to 95 to move on to face the Heat. Uh, Warriors kind of dismantled Memphis Grizzlies at the end of the game. If you watch the end, near the end of that game in the fourth quarter, the experience really showed. I think they went on like a 10 0 scoring run. To put some distance between them and Memphis, they take that one, one ten to ninety six, and the Mavericks destroyed the Phoenix Suns, who were in the championship game last year. Luka Doncic dropping thirty five points, and they take down Phoenix one twenty three to ninety. And as even as much as that was a blowout in the score of itself, it was even worse than that final score shows. It was bad. It it was really. Really bad. What, what was the score at half here? Fifty-seven to twenty-seven. Yeah, that that is that is brutal. Doncic has twenty-seven points at half times, and it, he was equivalent to what the Suns had at halftime. Yeah, no, I, I got you. He alone was equivalent to what the Suns had at halftime. Yeah. Some other news, you know, Drew Brees sent out some things that he might play in the NFL again. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't want him to play. I don't want him to play either. He kind of looked done by the end. But you know what? I don't know. Maybe the rest and time off, maybe he'll do shoulder. So he's not going to throw like a, you know, dead duck out there with the football. Love Drew Brees, but I don't need to see him again. But we'll see what happens. I think getting away from throwing a ball really is a good way to make sure you can't throw the ball anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I can see your point there. I can I can see your point. Uh, the Baker stuff hasn't really ended yet. They're still sparring back and forth. Carolina has now said they still won't reel out trading for Baker. I'll believe that too when I see it, but hey, it is what it is. And the Niners and the Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo stuff hasn't ended too. With the port even coming out saying, one, the Niners continue to be underwhelmed with Trey Lance, and another one, I don't think this came from the organization. I think it was just a reporter in the area saying this, saying the Niners are scared of this situation. I don't like where this is going for San Francisco. I'm sure we'll cover this on another show. But I don't like when your team gets loud in the offseason. I, I don't think that's very good in the NFL. So, anyway. but Depends on what you mean by loud. Like, the the Broncos have made a lot of noise. No, but I don't mean yeah. loud like that no, as I far know, as I know free agent mean. moves. I'm talking about I know what you meant. drama and stories. and you know, Yeah, like, but there's different types of loud. There is, but and like I'm talking Debo saying he's not going to play. Which quarterback are we going to use? Some people are in, oh, we're scared of this situation. We're underwhelmed by that. That's not good. That's just not good. Should have picked Mac, bro. I don't know what they should have done. Had a chance to I think they should have just traded Jimmy G and just bitten the bullet and just Figured out this year if mm. Trey can play or not. Should have just picked Mac Jones. They had a chance. <laughs> Should have picked the I better, get, better QB. <laughs> Trey's the more talented QB. But. And we'll see. <laughs> I said talented. It's I didn't not say. going well. Eh, we'll see what happens. Anyway. <laughs> so that has been it for Rapid Fire News this week. 
And as we're doing that, we're going to move on here to the Celtics and the Bucks. Welp. I was wrong. I thought the Bucs were going to take this series, but instead, the Celtics did it despite Giannis's best efforts. Boston winning game seven and when what a game that really wasn't that close, as we mentioned, all the game sevens um, were never really that close. All two of them. All two of them. We're never really all that close. Taking down the Bucs 109 to 81. Uh, Tatum dropped 23 points. Williams dropped 27. Jalen Brown, 19. And Marcus Smart, 11. Pritchard did some good things, too, off the bench, adding another 14. And, yeah, Celtics moving on to play the Miami Heat. You know, Giannis seemed exhausted by the end of the series. He still had 25 points in that game seven. And, you know, I don't want to hear the slander that everybody gives on Giannis before we move on to the Celtics stuff just because now he didn't make the championship or win it. It's ridiculous. Guys, he was without Chris Middleton. Now, I underplayed the loss of Chris Middleton because I thought they'd be okay. I feel like I've seen the Celtics fool me before, so I wasn't buying in on this team. But it came pretty apparent that they really missed Middleton because they just needed a second threat to score, a consistent second threat. They didn't have it. Grayson Allen didn't play well. Drew Holiday only played well in a couple of the games. It was kind of Giannis all by himself. But I hate this. Just because he doesn't make the championship, we're going to crap on Giannis. He's still the best player in the NBA. I'm sure he will make another title game within the next three to four years. But Boston's the better team. They have better players. And Milwaukee was missing Chris Middleton. It's not like Giannis played like crap. I think he averaged 28 points throughout the series. But he was exhausted at the end because he was carrying the Milwaukee roster and Boston's better. That's the that's the point of this, guys, but I don't want to hear the Giannis crap. Like, somehow now he's not the best player just because he couldn't get there this postseason run. I think it's ridiculous. Well, that's so in the NBA. The NBA is so, what have you done for me lately? And it's very like, what have you done for me, basically, in the past few days? Here's the other thing that makes me not worry about Giannis. Giannis seems like the only superstar who even cared that he got eliminated. I'm sure Chris Paul is sad. I'm sure Chris Paul is sad, but like I don't think Harden cared that much. I'm sure Embiid cared. I think Embiid was just so beat up and exhausted by the end, he was almost relieved that it was over. But like, did the Nets seem like they cared that much? Well, no. Not like not really. I don't Harden really didn't seem like he cared all that much. Like I just don't think the stars for the most part have barely seemed like they even care. But Giannis looked mad. Giannis looked upset that they weren't moving on. And that's I, I like that, and that's also why I said, chill out, guys. He'll be in another title game. He cares. You don't have to worry about the other stuff with him. Hmm. So sorry, I yawned. Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, I like I said, I I don't I can't certainly fault Giannis. Like the fact that that went seven games is a lot. Pretty much all to do with him. Yeah. Um, and the Celtics kind of resilience despite him mm-hmm. like that that kind of still we we still said that should have been kind of the box series mm-hmm. we despite the fact that it was this the Giannis show and nothing else coming out of the box mm. um and to be honest like now the longer the series went actually the more confidence might oh yeah screw because uh, you could tell Giannis was getting tired and even after that game I think it was game five yeah it was game five where mm-hmm. it was the Celtics game and then they blew it like, I still was like, oh, well, I think we'll go seven, and I'm pretty confident if we go seven because it'll be at home and stuff like that. Um, so, actually, I wasn't that worried about the Celtics once we got, even after that, after they ruined game five. I was a little worried after they ruined game five. I was annoyed. I wasn't that worried. I, be, I thought, be, I thought, I thought in Milwaukee, Milwaukee <clears throat> would close it out. I did think that. Now, once it got to game seven, I thought the Celtics would win game seven. I was more nervous in the fourth quarter of game six than I was going in game six or the first three quarters of game six. But once they made it kind of close, I'm like, oh, Celtics going to blow it again. They're going to blow it again. Watch this. Now they didn't. And then actually I was actually feeling really good about game seven, um, especially after the Bruins lost. I'm like, well, you can't hurt me more than the Bruins hurt me. So no matter what happens, I'm going to be like whatever about it. Wait, did the Bruins one really hurt that bad? Yeah, I love the Bruins. Well, I know, but like it wasn't it's not like it was all that dramatic or anything. It was kind of dramatic. Also, weren't you kind of like surprised we were even there? In game seven? Yeah. A little bit. 
Yeah. Okay, all right. But like that still doesn't mean like you're not going to hurt me if you lose. I guess. Like I, I'm a Boston fan. Now, as much as I don't care that much about the Celtics and they don't hurt me that much if they lose, I'm always that person of like, even if we're not supposed to be here, if you lose, you're going to break my heart. Mm. So, but we're going to get to the Bruins. Yes. <clears throat> but anyway, so with that, you know, the Celtics, I'll tell you, man, I don't know what, what jumping on the bandwagon means. Do I have to think they're going to win a title to be on the bandwagon? I, I don't know. I'm just asking well, a question, I, Jesse. I think, I think, yeah. Okay, you think I that? Think that's what that. Means. Okay, so I'm probably not on the bandwagon then yet because yeah. I still think that they're not winning the title, but I do think they'll get to the title game now because I like the way the Celtics match up with the Heat. I mean, I said it last thing between the Bucks and the Celtics. I thought whoever wins this series is probably winning the East. I thought there was those were the two best teams. I just don't see anyone special enough on the Heat. To be able to beat Boston and their great team defense. I mean, Giannis is a horrendous matchup for everybody, and yet they still got by them. It took seven games, but they still got by them. I don't think Miami is an elite offensive team. They really haven't shown it. It's not like they're dropping 120 points a night in these playoffs or anything like that. Jimmy Butler is really good. He is super talented. I don't think he strikes the same fear into you as like a Luka Doncic or a Giannis. Well, he doesn't get the size. that. He... Well, I mean, Luka ain't that big. Yeah, but he's thick. Yeah, he is. But, he's like, strong. I'm just saying, like, as an offensive scoring talent, I don't think he strikes the same fear into you as some of these other guys do. Well, no, because, like... I, I think Miami plays really well as a team. Um, I think Bam Adebayo is really good, too. And I think they have the best bench and depth. But I don't think anyone on this team is special enough uh, that they're going to beat Boston. I think Boston's defense is going to wreak havoc on Miami's offense. It's going to make it really tough for Miami to get good shots. They're going to have to work for everything. I think they'll have to work much harder than the Celtics will. Um, I see Boston winning this in six. Oh, okay. All right. I, I'm, I'm not going to give a game prediction about how many games it's going to be. But, like, yeah, I think because, like, yeah, Jimmy Butler is very talented. But he doesn't have the size. He'll be a lot, no offense to the guy, but a lot easier to clamp down Mm -hmm. than a Giannis would be or a Joel Embiid would have been. Um, So, yeah, I feel you got by, I feel like was going to be your biggest test just based on matchup. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not that scared of the heat. Sure, I mean, I know what Jimmy Butler is capable of, just how dynamic of a scorer he can be. But if you know it's going to be the Jimmy Butler show, mm-hmm. and you can just focus on that, really. Mm. So the same thing was for the Bucks. You could just focus on Giannis, but Giannis is just such a physical force that Jimmy Butler just doesn't have. Exactly. And to me, it comes down to also just like thinking of it this way. As I said, Giannis is the best player in the NBA. He's the best player in the game right now, in my opinion. If he's not, he's top two or three. And you just got by that in the playoffs. So I'm going to think you're not going to be able to handle Jimmy Butler in the heat. Like, ah, come on. Yeah, and actually the Celtics have showed, like, I mean, they're not the best offense. They're not. No. They're not the Splash Brothers. No, you know? no, they're not. But, like, they've showed that they can have some depth scoring. Yes. Uh, I think Al that- Horford had the best game of his life. He had a couple of really good games. Though. Yeah. He had back-to-back two the really real games. The real cha- uh, turning point in that series was when Giannis talked crap to Al Horford. When he, I was gonna say when he stared down Al Horford, and Al Horford just like stared and stared him back. And yeah, there's a meme with Al Horford's face when he's talking, and it's just the Jordan thing goes, and I took that personally. Oh, okay, because <laughs> yeah. he seemed to he did. Oh, he did take that personally. So like, and I I don't know. Um, Marcus Smart had a pretty good had some pretty good games despite blowing that game. Yeah, five. Yes, <laughs> yes, despite the game, the end of game five. Um, what was his name? Williams had a really good game seven. Yeah. Yep. So it's more than just the the Tatum and Brown show. It is. It is. I, I think offensively they're still not sensational. I, I think they're the third best offense left. No, but I'm feeling a little better about how spread it out it can be. I agree. But they are the best defense left by far mm, in, yeah. in the whole Final Four of the NBA. So, yeah, that that's my thoughts there on, on the Celtics Heat series. 
Am I worried about them in the finals, though, against Golden State and Dallas? Yes. I'm super worried about that matchup. Who would you rather face for the Celtics? Dallas. Really? Okay. You can focus on Luka. Okay. Golden State, I mean, they just spread it around offensively so well. Between Clay, Steph, Jordan Poole, and you have the physical presence who can beat guys up in Draymond, too. Mm. So I, I think Golden State... Listen, I think Golden State's a bad matchup for almost anybody left. Um, but I think, yeah, for the Celtics, it's a, it's not a, it's not a good matchup. But I, I know that they have some smaller guys, and you know, like Marcus Smart can shut somebody down, you know, with the defensive side. So, but like, you can focus on Luca. Golden State spreads it around more. Okay. So I, I, I think Dallas would be a better matchup for Boston. But mm. uh, maybe I'm crazy. All right. Anyway, I think we're good on that. All right, moving on. A lot of NBA playoffs to start this one. I'll just say that. Two of the Golden State Warriors. I just want to talk about this real quick. So for the first time in the NBA, I, I know you say it's all predictable and all that, which it usually is. I think this playoffs has been kind of less predictable. I think you can make a case for all four teams left winning a title. I think it's hard to make a case for the Heat winning a title. Um, <laughs> but the other three, I think you could make a serious case for winning. I'm still rolling with Golden State. I rolled with them at the beginning of the year, but they do kind of look old sometimes, and this is clearly like the last dance. This is the last good, great chance that they're going to have. It's an aging dynasty that's out of its prime, that added Jordan Poole, the young kid, to give some energy, some life, and some young legs that they needed. Um, but you can tell that sometimes they're, they're little, they can be a little rickety sometimes. They had a couple of games against Memphis that they were terrible. I also think with their age, I think as if they're leading in a series or are at least at a comfortable place, if the game starts really bad and it continues bad in the second half, I think they'll take the night off. I think they did that. They definitely did that in the Memphis game, the one that got really blown out. Because they're like, we're going back to Golden State eventually in this series and we have the series lead. We're still up 3-2 if we lose this. Like, it's okay. So I, I think this team, in its age, I think they can take some games off in the playoffs. I think that's why you've seen some of the uglier showings and some of the big blowouts, because they know that, you know, they're old. <laughs> they know that, and they know that this is this is a, a war of attrition once we get this far. So I think that's one of the reasons you've seen Golden State with some pretty bad performances. Um, they're the favorite, the Vegas favorite for everything, but they are mortal, and, and you can see the cracks a bit. Mm. I will say this. I was annoyed at the last dance of the documentary because now every time we have aging an aging team I know, I, that's going for it one last time, we I, have, is this the last dance? I and mean, I get it. It's I not the last it. dance in the fact I they're going to break them up. I'm just thinking this is their best this is the no, last I, I know, chance. but it's like we even talked about like the Penguins. Is this their last dance? That one was is sarcastic. This, is this the Bruins' last dance? And they're gonna break it up now and stuff. Wait, like wait, wait! You can't say it's the Bruins' last. They didn't even win a title with this people. No, but like this would have been if like as because this could have been their last um, with this or the last chance with this core mm. of. I mean, the core has been broken up kind of for a while at this point. But like, as long as Bergeron's still there, we'll consider it this core. But <laughs> We talked about Steph Curry last week. Yes. And about what does this mean for his legacy? And I brought up another man. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. And I feel like he was the one who kind of willed. I mean, they were going to win this series, especially after uh, John Morant went down. Um, but Clay Thompson was the one that really stepped up and uh, to get them there. Okay, but he had plenty of bad games in this playoff. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I feel like he's been their best player to this point. Okay, I don't know about that. He's been the one getting him there. Okay. Scotty Pippen's got the show right now. <laughs> it's Scotty Pippen's show right now. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I think that that's been kind of the story of the Golden State Warriors right now. All right. Now does is yeah their age is really showing because like a lot of them are not a hundred percent healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph Green. Um, I don't know the status of Thompson's health. Has he missed games too? I don't, no, I don't think. He's I missed think he's been like before. the one consistent guy yeah it seems mm-hmm. but that's kind of another reason why like i kind of maybe would rather play golden state Mem- uh uh you want the, the team Ma- you want the team with that experience yeah. who's been there before the mavericks are young upstart he- healthy okay but 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 the mavericks are luka Doncic and not a lot of anything else 
Yeah, but he's bigger and stronger. There's, I mean, there's Draymond Green, but Draymond Green doesn't scare me that much as a scorer. No. So like, that's physicality is what scares me if I'm a, as a Celtics fan. Oh, okay. And like, I don't see anyone like that on Golden State other than Draymond Green. But again, he doesn't scare me as a scorer. No, I, I get your point. I get your point. I just Dallas is a, it's a whole lot of just Luca, not a bunch. Like if Luca doesn't score. 30-plus points a night, they're not going to win. I mean, the Maverick just blew out the number one. And I know Luke had, had a great game, but, like, they blew him out as a team. I don't know. Uh, no, I know. But, I mean, like, Booker, <clears throat> was he healthy? Chris Paul seemed to kind of age overnight. I mean, sure, Chris Paul's a choker. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I don't think Phoenix was the regular number one seed that we're used to. Um, really? They were like head and shoulders the best regular season team. Okay, but like in the NBA, sometimes that's misleading. Really? I feel like in the NBA, it's not. No, because I think <laughs> I think the older teams who have been there done that take the regular season off quite a bit. I guess. Sort How of. much load management are you doing that's, with your stars? You dumb. know what I mean? And that's dumb. Actually, you know what? Can I go back to the Celtics for one second? Yeah, you Because I, want, I wanted to talk about this a couple weeks ago, but I didn't have the time to didn't cross my mind. But speaking of that, about taking like off seasons off and just we're, all right, we'll make the playoffs and when we get there we'll we'll really try. So the weeks like last two weeks of the season leading up to the playoffs, Felger and Maz were talking about how the Celtics need to tank, get that third or fourth seed because they didn't want to deal with Brooklyn. No um, way. And they were like, if you get the second seed, it's gonna be too hard trying to get there. It's gonna be too hard of a of a path. And I was like, what? No. I'm always that person to like, get the highest seed you can, get as many home games as you can. Yeah. But the second, the second that sweep went through, they were talking about, like, this is why you got to get the highest seed you can. They literally backtracked everything. Like, this, <laughs> this is why you go for it. This is why you try all the way to the end. Like, shut the hell up. You were the one telling them to tank. And then you went. From- I hate that. I hate when people don't admit that they're wrong. On the no. And then they went. Like, I'll, 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 I'll take all the bullets. Well, then, Quarterback of the NFL draft, whiffed. I thought the Bucs were going to win this series, whiffed. Yeah, but then like they went from that conversation because like, oh, this is why you don't tank because you just handled Brooklyn to then immediately the next conversation they went to is like, the Bruins need to tank. You need to avoid Carolina at all costs. Tank, tank, tank. <laughs> it's like, what did you just say? I hate you. I hate you people. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I just right. wanted to get that out there. No, 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 that's good. That's good. That's like calling somebody out in the media. That's funny. All right. But anyway, yeah. So your thoughts on Golden State. Do you think Golden State's winning the series against Dallas? Um, Probably. Okay. Because they do, they're winners. You're right. They do have that veteran mentality of they know what to do. They can handle that diversity probably better than the Mavericks can. But at the same time, yeah, the Mavericks are younger. They're upstart. I think they're more physical. And I think that'll be a challenge for the old, uh, not 100% Golden State Warriors. Rickety. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good word. Yeah, that's what, that's what they feel like sometimes. <clears throat> Just kind of rickety. Mm. But, but they get it done at the end of the day. All right. We are going to take a quick break, and then we'll move on to our last NBA playoff topic before we move on to some other stuff. Stick with us, guys. Quick break. Here at Slow Your Roll, as I said, one last piece of NBA playoff talk. This, uh, you know, I do feel bad for him. I've been here. Why? I've been no, 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 I've been here. This shout out. He's been on the show twice. Shout out to oh. Karel Johnson, my man, who is even coming here this week. 
And uh, I know he's sad about his 76ers. I'm sorry, man. I do feel bad for you. Uh, you were in a tough place, you know, because like, it's not like if you didn't make that trade for Harden, you wouldn't be in a bad place also because Ben Simmons didn't even play. But it was like picking one schmuck to deal with <laughs> to deal with another schmuck. I thought you were going to say you felt bad for James Harden. No, I don't feel... Don't, nobody feels bad for James. I don't even think the other NBA stars feel that bad for James Harden, to be honest with you. He's kind of unlikable. But yeah, he, he, <laughs> kind of. he was just kind of stuck with two different schmucks, and they had to pick one. At least they picked the one. Oh, I put him with the video one. Corral, I'm sorry. You had to deal with two different schmucks, right? And you had to pick one, and you picked the one that is historically terrible in the playoffs, and he did it again. I'm not saying they're going to win a title, even if Harden is good, but like, I feel like they're more talented than the Heat. I feel like they probably should have won this series. But James Harden, we know what Harden is at this point. Is James Harden, this is the question I'm going to pose, is James Harden the best, most talented player who's terrible in playoffs? I mean, just historically, Awful in playoffs. The, his best playoff run was with Chris Paul when they almost beat Golden State. And the minute Chris Paul got hurt, it all came crumbling down. He was especially bad, I feel like, in this playoffs. Didn't he only take, like, two shots in the second half of that last game? I think it was the fourth quarter. And mi- or whatever, in the fourth quarter. Missed them both. Oh, I missed two shots. I'm going to bail for the rest of this quarter. I'm just, I'm done. I quit. And he's Listen, he shows you what you are. He quit in Houston after a couple of years when they couldn't get it done and tried to give him everything. They tried to build that team around him. He couldn't get it done. And then he eventually quit and bailed when the writing was on the wall that they weren't going to be that good anymore. Showed up fat to Houston to try and get out of there. There's been talk about even since then just how great a shape does he stay in in the offseason and come in. And in this Sixers series... I mean, he had multiple games where he's not like 14 points, 17 points, 13 points. His biggest game, I think, was game five. He scored a little over 20 points. But, like, that's nothing special at all. That Al Horford was scoring more points than you, bro. And I thought it might work here with the 76ers because he at least didn't have to be a one. He could at least be the two behind Joel Embiid. But it doesn't work. And and Philadelphia, listen, the fans are brutal, so I'm sure they'll be on the side of the team, and I'm sure they don't want him back. But the way the NBA is, got to pay the stars. I'm worried for the 76ers that they're going to pay this guy. But if you're you're Philly, you can't do it. You just can't. He's got to go or opt in on a, I don't know what his exact contract situation is. Maybe there's an opt-in clause. I don't know, but you can't. You can't pay this guy long term. You can't give him a, a long contract extension. If they do that, you're not winning a title. You've, you've mailed it in on that. You got to let him walk and just see if you can get another star, another great player to go with Embiid, one who doesn't historically fold in the playoffs the way Harden has his entire career and it'll fit better. But yeah, that's a, that's a situation with the 76ers. If you sign Harden long term, you're done as a playoff, uh, as a championship contender, in my opinion. You got to get somebody else for Embiid. I'll say this: at least he plays. Who Harden? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I'm not saying if they didn't get Harden, they'd be in a better place. Because, like I said, it was picking one schmuck over another schmuck. Yeah. And like, at least he shoots. He goes over two. And then he, quits. But he shoots. And quits in the fourth quarter after well, he misses two shots. That's the thing. Ben Swimmons quits, but at least like, at least he put up some shots. <laughs> I'll give him a I'll whole give, a whole two of them. I'll give Harden that. <laughs> But, like, you know what? I hope Philly does sign him. I hate all things Philly. So, like. I know you do. Not Actually, you know what? <clears throat> when I say that, I like Joel Embiid. I like his uh, compete level. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. He's actually one of the few NBA people that I like. Um, but I hate Philly. I know you do. I hope Philly never wins anything. I got you. But, yeah, I mean, like. But, seriously, is there a worse, like, best player who just is terrible in the playoffs? A Rod, I know that's that's the one that you came up with was A Rod, Chris Paul, but at least that's ba- at, at least that's stop it. Chris Paul is not as bad in the playoffs as Harden is. Mm, Peyton Manning, at least he won a title. Uh, yeah, he technically uh, won two, but like I mean, we don't give him a ton of credit for the second on one. Two championship teams, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, well, he was a big part of the first one. Um, 
Hmm. Am I forgetting something? It's just two, right? Yeah, I know. He yeah, yeah. He, one went with, to, he went to f- three. Yeah, he went to three. Lost one with Denver, one one with Denver. Did he then, go to another one with the Colts and lose? I don't think so. I don't know. That's a lot to remember when we're trying to do a show. Yeah, he beat the Bears. But like, listen. Oh, no, he lost to the Saints with the Colts. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, he went to four and lost two. Okay. I knew there was another one. You can't one. compare that to Harden, bro. Harden can't get out of the second round. Uh, yeah. But I think uh, A-Rod's okay. the only comparable one you can have. Or Kershaw, I guess. But even Kershaw. Ooh. But even Kershaw, if you go look at his numbers, it's not like he's awful. I mean, his ERA is, what, low fours? You want a rig. And he did well, uh, baseball and rings. It's that's that's yeah. not the point. That's that's tough to compare as far as that. Mm-hmm. But no, I think he might be the the best player who's just the worst in the playoffs. Chris Sale. I <laughs> guess uh, yeah. Except Sale was falling apart in both of those playoff runs by the time he got there. Yeah. So you could say that he just he, he doesn't have. Well, he's the, not a two hundred inning pitcher. No, he's not. I, I think anyone who watched his mechanics could have known that. But anyway, moving on. Jesse, it's your time. The Bruins. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen a series go seven games where it was so obvious who was going to be the winner. Mm. Like, normally you get to game seven. Like, even if, like, it is that situation of only the home team is winning, that, like, anything can happen game seven. And I was a little naive enough to think that this team had a chance in Game 7. <clears throat> Just based on the lineup they put out there, when they sat Grizzly again, I was like, all right, I think you have a chance. I would have liked them to sat Trent Frederick for probably McLaugh- McLaughlin. McLaughlin? I, don't, I don't remember. Um, but, oh, like this series reminded me of the 08 Bruins. Who took on the Canadians? <coughs> Excuse me, in the first round, because that was another situation of you were a Bruins team who had a first round opponent who just spanked you every game in the regular season, mm. like that uh, Hurricanes team that you played this year. That Canadians team in '08 beat you every game and pretty beat you handedly every game in the regular season, but then you got to the playoffs. And you drove it seven games somehow, some way. Excuse me. <clears throat> and then you got to game seven and you laid an egg. <laughs> <clears throat> so, and I do wonder where the Bruins go from here. I think a lot of that does have to do with what Patrice Bergeron does, which I'll get to him in a second. <clears throat> but, like, oh, this Hurricanes team was just so much. <clears throat> <clears throat> Can't Man, speak. You're, you're struggling through I'm, this one. I'm choking. Am I gonna have to take over the Bruins talk, bruh? Listen, a, you're not yeah. winning a title with these people. There's just not enough water right now. Just mail it in. It's over. There's still a core here. It's over. <coughs> it's over. They need to do better with their depth and their defense. That was the biggest problem. Uh the Hurricanes defense was just so much better than you. <coughs> Damn it. <laughs> I apologize. I was sick last week and it's still lingering and my throat's still dry. So, Dom, take it for a second. Listen, I, I as you said, I thought it was the most obvious game seven of all time. I really did. I, I, I thought the Bruins were lucky to even be there. I never thought they were winning this series with Carolina. And even when they got to the game seven, well, I'll give them, I'll give them credit for the fight. Everybody's mad at them for the game seven and how bad it was. I will give the Bruins credit for the fight that they put up against a team that was better than you all season in the regular season and looked better than you through most of the games in the playoffs. So I think they were even happy to, I think they were even lucky to be there. I think the better team just finally did what they needed to do in game seven. I know people were embarrassed by the performance and it was bad and it wasn't great at all, but like you were lucky to be there. There was never a part of me that thought you were winning this series against the Hurricanes. Yeah, your best player in that game was your goalie. And as nice as that usually sounds, mm-hmm. that's usually not a winning formula because it usually means you're not scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like <clears throat> the, going ahead, this really all comes down to what is Patrice Bergeron's decision this offseason? Mm-hmm. And he put the rumor to bed that he's not going to Montreal. <coughs> it's just about does he want to play again? Mm. And if he wants to play again, I think you can go for it maybe one more time, mm. depending on his contract. But if not, I think you have to do a light rebuild. Mm. So it really comes down to him. <coughs> so if Bertrand doesn't come back, it's over. <coughs> and it's time to it, move, yes. it, move in some pieces and retooling the team. Who do you keep? You can keep McAvoy. You can keep Pasta. Obviously, you keep the goalie. <coughs> Swayman, yeah. Um, but honestly, you can go probably move on from DeBrusque. You're probably going to move on from him anyway. Um, and you maybe get rid of some of that core. What about Lindholm? <coughs> I mean, they signed him long term, so that's just, oh, okay. that's apparently your guy. So McAvoy and Lindholm. Honestly, build around them too. Mm. Build from the back forward. I think that's how you should do it. Mm. Um, maybe you can um, keep uh, Taylor Hall because you did sign him for a couple of years, and he might be unmovable. But <coughs> build from the back, like the old school Bruins team, back forward. I think that's their best option right now. Mm. That's if Patrice Bergeron doesn't come back, which means there'll be a couple of years of eh. But if you can build back forward, keep Carlo, get rid of Grizzlick, mm. get rid of Forbert. And I even kind of liked Forbart in the series, but please get rid of Mike Riley, for the love of God. And, uh, yeah. All right. There'll probably be a different show where we can break down what they do in the offseason. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But when I can speak. I get that. (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) moving on, guys, to our last segment here before we get to the, uh, our usual end of the show stuff. This, the Boston Red Sox. If I can make it. If you can make it, man. Listen, I can, I can take the lead on this. It's okay. Even though you are the Yaki Wave report writer. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Anyway, so the Boston Red Sox, yes, they're not in last place anymore. We are officially ahead of the Orioles, all right? One team at a time. One team at a time to jump. One game at a time. One game at a time, one team at a time to jump. But anyway, so all these people are giving up, right? I, I'm, this is going to be a shout-out show. I got another shout-out. I do. This goes out. To my uncle Toby, who I know <laughs> listens to the show, and I saw him put something on uh, Facebook, an old meme that was the Titanic sinking, and you know the guys playing the violin on the Titanic. It just goes, "Red Sox fans saying it's only May." <laughs> I mean, it was funny. Tobe, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. To me, this is a big three weeks for the Sox, and some a nice chance to gain some ground back. You played a three-game series with Texas. You took two. You just won the first game against Houston, which is big because Houston's the, the tough opponent you will play. Then you have a series with Seattle, who hasn't done all that well so far this year. Right? I think they're playing a little bit better now, but they haven't done all that well this year. Then you have Baltimore for five games. You have five games against Baltimore because you have a doubleheader against them on Saturday. You end the month with Baltimore. You end the month with Cincinnati, who might be the worst team in baseball. And you get Oakland, too, after Cincinnati. So in these series is the time to gain ground now if you are the Sox. This series with Seattle, five games against Baltimore, and Cincinnati and Oakland to open up the month of June. Three weeks. If Boston is 500 or less and isn't able to gain some serious ground in this three weeks, I think it's panic time and you can start to say the the ship is sinking. But in this three weeks against these bad opponents, the Sox have the chance to start to make some inroads and get themselves back into the race in the AL East. I think this three weeks is big, and it will tell you what we need to know about the Sox season moving forward, if they have a chance or if they don't. Thoughts? Well, I certainly think if you can't beat teams like uh, the A's in Cincinnati, then you should really (laughs) just throw in the towel at that point. Mm -hmm. Now... past weekend has been kind of good. I'm still very skeptical. You beat a bad team in the Rangers. It's only one game <coughs> against Houston. So I'm still very skeptical. Mm-hmm. And I really want to see how this goes before I really pass any judgment. Mm. <coughs> but what do you think? But don't you think 
it's not time. But but what I'm saying is, it's not time to bail yet. In this no. three week span, this is the time. This is the time to watch, and this is the time to know what's going to happen for the Sox moving forward. If they don't make some serious inroads in these next three weeks, you can start to say maybe it's time to panic because they are 12 and a half back, which is a lot, even though it's this early in the season. But with this three-week span against these opponents, I mean, what if they go on a massive winning streak? They got four with Seattle, five with Baltimore, two with Cincinnati, and three with Oakland. Let's say they take three of four against Seattle, I'll even be ni- I'll even be a little more generous. They take three of the five against Baltimore. They take both against Seattle, and they take two or three from Oakland. It's a lot of wins. Yeah, it's a lot of wins. And now that the weather's getting a little warmer, you should expect a little bit more out of the offense. Yeah, Story's homered uh, twice now in a short oh, amount twice. of time. In a short <laughs> amount of time. And we know Bogarts, Devers, and Martinez aren't the problem. No, <laughs> they're all hitting well over three hundred. No, it's just like you need you need more than three guys if you're no, gonna, I, no, I know. Um, put up some real offense here, but like, no, sure, this is a real. This will tell. Mm-hmm. This will tell that this team's really made of. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I would say a lot more, but I'm I can't. <laughs> oh yeah, but, but but you're you're still on the you're still on the. It's not over yet. I'm not panicking yet. No. Okay. No, especially after like. Uh, a couple years ago with the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Like, they were awful at this point of the season. They still won the World Series. Exactly. So, by the end, the stretch I'm talking about, after this stretch of baseball, the last game I've mentioned, which is against the <laughs> Oakland in that three-game series, that will be June 5th. So, mark it on your calendar, everyone. By June 5th, you can start deciding if you're folding on the Red Sox season, in my opinion. Mm. That's, that's the deadline I'm going to put. All right? All right. Moving on, we are about ready to finish things up. Let's do our regular Tommy report, as always. You're not going to talk about Bogus? Nah. Oh, wait. No, no, you're right. No, let's talk about that real quick. I forgot. About Xander? I did forget about Xander there real quick. There's been more stuff out here with Xander Bogarts. You know, he's come out saying he's willing to talk now to the Sox about a contract extension during this. So we're going to talk about this. Um, I sent you the article. Did you read the article, Jesse? Yeah. Okay. And also, I've heard I've heard the rumors going around. Well, you're you're doing things that you you know you're writing for the Yaki Way Report. You're by the stadium all the time. Yeah, but then like you know we went from like a week ago. The rumor was that he wanted out, mm-hmm. straight out. Like I'm done with this team. Mm-hmm. But now like I don't know. There's still like he still obviously wants to be here. Mm. Sorry, this is, I don't want to talk that much. <laughs> <coughs> I'm, no, ru- I'm ruining this audio. <laughs> yeah, you really are. It's okay, though. Anyway, though, so with the Xander stuff, he said he's want to come out. He'll talk to the team again. You know, the NBC, was it NBC? The article I was saying, he was like, oh, he's giving the Sox a lifeline that they don't deserve or should take. Blah, blah, blah. It sounds like Xander wants to be here. It sounds like maybe he'll even take a hometown discount. You know my position on this. I don't want to sign 30-year-olds to long-term deals or a lot of money. So I guess it depends on what kind of hometown discount he's willing to take. I love Xander. He's been amazing this year. He's the best hitter so far. It's painful. These are painful decisions to make. But I don't sign Xander. I just I can't do it. I can't give a 30-year-old that kind of money and that kind of contract extension. I just I can't do it. Especially when I have 25-year-old Devers who I still need to sign. I just can't do it if I'm Boston. I can. I know you can. That's your guy. It is. It's better than Story. It's painful. It's painful. It's painful. It's painful. (coughs) I will miss seeing Xander here. But from a strict business decision, I get why the Sox won't re-sign him. Again, what kind of discount is he willing to take? If he's going to go down all the way to 20 21, 22, maybe, I do it. Anything above that, or if we're talking six, seven years, I just, I can't do it. You know what I mean? You don't need to pay one guy all this money in baseball to win, right? I mean, I'm willing to give him 25 to like 28 average if he's also like, you got some opt outs there towards the end. Uh, guys don't usually do that. They don't usually sign those kind of deals. I just, I can't do it. Yeah. 30 years old. 30 years old, man. Can't do it. But, like, you signed Trevor's story. 
And I guess Xander will be more expensive. He'll Andy be should. definitely more expensive than Trevor Story. <clears throat> Andy should be. But, like, I don't want to sit here and just have Trevor Story. Get the hell out of here. I know, I know. Listen, Xander's better. I know he is. But for the price tag at 30 years old, I, <coughs> I just I don't know if I want to do it. Sink that kind of money into him when I still need to sign Devers. They need to sign Devers. But I, I don't think I can give Xander the bag. Just can't do it. All right. Anyway, finishing up now. The Tommy report. Do you want me to do this? Can you, you please take the Tommy report? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Tommy report because you're you, you realize you have the Darwin. That's fine. <laughs> Give me just take the Tommy. <laughs> Are you allergic to something in here too? No. You allergic to pollen, bro? No. Okay. Not at all. I don't okay. have allergies. Oh, okay. Anyway, so the Tommy report. Tom Brady, before ever ever even broadcasting a game or doing anything, has been given ten years. $375 million by Fox Sports to be, what is it, the head analyst or whatever? Yeah. Was the title, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be doing games. I don't think he's going to be at the desk doing pregame and postgame show. I'm pretty think, sure he's going to be color. in the booth doing color. Yeah. Crazy that Tom can get this. Tom just gets everything in life. But I will say from Fox Sports' perspective, I think it was a smart move. I think that's the way to go, especially after... Uh, Aikman left? Yeah, well, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman left. Yeah, Joe Buck, after Joe Buck and Troy Aikman both uh, both left. I mean, I feel like Fox Sports is doing better and better these days, these days while ESPN is, you know, slowly declining. I don't know if their decline has been as bad a year and a half as it was a couple of years ago, but, I mean, they're definitely on the decline. Fox Sports is kind of, you know, up and coming quite a bit. So, I, I mean, I think this is the smart move after you lose Joe Aikman and Troy. I mean, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. <laughs> Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. You get another star in there. Tom's not as hated as he used to be because he left New England. Yeah. I swear he's not as hated as the rest of the country as he used to be. And, I mean, people still watch the people they hate. Well, also, Tom Brady was still number one in jersey sales last year. I think he was number two. No, he was number one. Was he? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he's always up there no matter what. So, I mean, listen, you've never heard the guy in the booth, but I mean, I think this man is just obsessed at being the best at everything he does. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad idea to just assume, you know what? He's well-spoken. He's going to be fine. He'll figure it out. And just from, just the attention and eyes it'll get on our broadcasts and the attention it gives us, it's worth it. Mm. Yeah. No, people will watch him. Oh yeah, isn't it? I think I see. Isn't that more money that he's gotten in his entire NFL playing career? Yep. I mean, from just contracts alone. Yes. Yeah. We all know those endorsements and all the other stuff you end up getting, but from just <clears throat> NFL contracts alone, without saying a single word on air in a booth for play-by-play or color, this man has already made more money than he did his entire NFL playing career. <sighs> Gosh, it's hard not to hate Tom sometimes, though. Uh, I mean... He just gets it all, man. I guess. <laughs> he gets it all. All right. With that, it is time to finish things up. Darwin Award. All right. Drum roll, please. We had a, we had a, we had a lot of really, really good ones. A couple of guys. Uh, my dad sent me a one that was, you know, a golfer saying something about, I don't know, I forget what it was, something about getting over, like, the, the assassination of a Saudi... What? Yeah, no, no, no. It, it was a lot. What? <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it, it was good, but it was also like obscure enough that I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I just don't follow golf. Maybe it's not that obscure. But anyway, anyway, Darwin Award winner, drum roll, please. Let's go. And this week's Darwin Award winner is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. All right, bear with me here as I try to get through this. So Toronto did something. Oh, this ain't going to go well. <clears throat> no team has ever done. They are the first MLB, NBA, NHL team in history to lose a winner-take-all game in the opening round of a playoffs five years in a row. <laughs> five straight years. So they lost in Game 7 in 2018 to the Bruins. 2019 in Game 7 to the Bruins. 2020, that weird 2020 season, they had five-game series to the start. They lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets in five games. Mm-hmm. Last year, they lost to the terrible Canadians in five games, or excuse me, seven games. 
They ended up going to the finals. So <coughs> I guess there's that. And you just lost to the Lightning in seven. Like you are the epitome of just mediocrity. Mm. Like not that I thought you were going to go far at all with your defense. But like you time and time again, you just cannot get over the hump on like any team I've ever seen in my life. And it's so funny. Mm. And it really started in 2013 with that epic collapse against the Bruins in Game 7. <coughs> but just a total lack of any ability to get it done is so, it's so comical. Because like I said, no team has ever done this. Five straight years of losing the winner-take-all game in the first round. That's unprecedented. Like that is almost harder. It is harder. Than like... No, no, that's 100%. Statistically, it's harder to lose that much than to stumble into one or two wins. Yeah. Like, you're telling me of those five winner-take-all games, you couldn't win a one. A one. against a, Especially against the Blue Jackets and the Canadians, who teams you definitely should have beat. And three of the five of these games were home games. The last three were all home games. Now, there was the one in the bubble, which is... Technically not a home game, but you still have the last change. So, like, it is a home game. So, like, this is unprecedented. And I hope it continues. I hope to see them again next year. Do the same thing. What, in a game seven? Yes. I know, because you hate Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> you just yes. hate their hockey. But, like, what, did I, what was that phrase I used? What? The Thanos one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. Hold on. I have to look for it. Because I wrote it. Oh, yeah. The, is dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. And it was Thanos talking about the Leafs in Game 7. It was also like, it was a death taxes and the Leafs losing in Game 7. Yeah. Just a guaranteed. And it's great. Yes. I mean, again, I'm not even a hockey, you know, aficionado. I don't, I don't watch a ton of hockey. And even I knew, like, oh, man. This is just what they do. This is what they do. As soon as they went to a Game 7, I, I, I texted you two, and I was like, all right, so it's over, right? It's written in stone. Well, I even said last week <laughs> that, like, this game, this, I mean, I think I said my, two weeks ago that this series was going to go 7. I mean, I watched their choke job against the Bruins, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> what, the 2013 one? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> so. But all right. That's your Darwin. Congrats to the Toronto Maple Leafs, this week's Darwin Award winner. I will say this, let me clarify. In the Live Golf in, uh, Invitational Series, uh, the CEO, George Norman, commented on the killing of Washington Post journalist uh, Jamal as a mistake by the Saudi uh, crown, even though I'm sure you know the Saudis have denied any uh, involvement in it of that killing back in 2018 when he... Uh, was allegedly poisoned uh, in Istanbul. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, I, I again, <laughs> but isn't, here's my issue with this. If George Norman, right, he's the CEO of Live Golf Invi uh, Invitational Series, right, which in part is financed by the Saudi crown. So what is he supposed to say? Should he just say no comment? Uh, I, I'm just saying, like, isn't that a tough place to be? Like, I listen, I'm not for defending, you know, monarchs and, and you know, tyrants and anything like that. But, like, man, if you're the CEO of something and it's being financed by, oh, financed by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which is controlled by Bin Solomon, what the heck is Norman supposed to say? <laughs> you can say nothing. You just say no comment? I mean, was he asked? Yeah, I think he was asked okay. about it. It's like he didn't just come out and say this. No, 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 no. <coughs> I mean, if he came out and say it, that's even stupider. But, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was asked about it. What's he? I, I just don't get it. What, what's Norman supposed to say? I don't know. Don't make me talk anymore, please. <laughs> just say it. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not for sticking by these people, but... I don't know. He is the CEO. You already sold your soul already, so, like, whatever. <laughs> you might as well just say no comment at that point. Anyway, all right, that has been it for Slow Your Roll this week. I will be watching the Celtics tonight against the Heat. I, you know, I hope uh, good luck to them. I, I, and, uh, yeah, I hope they make the championship. I'd love to see it. Sure. Yeah. 
But anyway, have a great rest of your week, everyone, at Slow Your Roll on Instagram, Slow Your Roll on Twitter, and SlowYourRoll.com for links to past episodes, Jesse's articles, videos from news and sports, and anything like that. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. 